Let's recap the games from Monday. In the NBA, there were eight of them on. We go through waiver wire trends, all that stuff. It's coming up. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm something of a scientist myself. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePix.com slash LockedOnNBA and enter the code all lowercase LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Be a double banger. Go and listen on audio and watch on YouTube. It's easy to do. Hit the subscribe when you're over here on the video side. Hit the thumbs up. Leave your comments as well. And of course, follow the show along on the audio platforms as well. We are here to talk about the NBA first day of 2024. There were eight games on. Some very interesting things. The debut of the recently traded players. We're going to get to all of that um, very, very soon, but let's just get straight into talking about what we need to talk about. Start off with some news. Um, Jandre Ayton, the Blazers are on a 12-day road trip here, so it's almost two weeks they're on the road, and Ayton is not with the team. That does not mean at this point that Ayton is out for all of those games, but he is back in Portland rehabbing. They've got this game today, and then two more coming up against Dallas, and they've got a Sunday, I think it's Sunday-Tuesday combination in New York against the Nets and the Knicks. I would doubt that he joins them for the uh, Dallas portion, but I could see him meeting up with them in New York, depending on how it's going. So just be aware, this isn't, I don't think, going to be just this one-day thing for DeAndre Ayton. We also got somewhat of an update on Mark Williams. Of course, the Hornets will probably just continue to list him doubtful, but we heard from the man himself today saying, yeah, he's making progress, but it's really slow, still no timetable to return. So I'm going to suggest that Mark Williams is out for the rest of this week, but of course, they won't give us anything more exact than that, but at least it's something. And just wait for the new doubtful tag to come out tomorrow. We also got the update from Zach Levine. That's a little bit better for the skater boy. He is back with the G League team. He is practicing. And if everything goes okay, he could be back in action towards the end of this week. So a positive update there for Zach Levine. Um, not so much for Mark Williams, but at least we heard something. And a little bit of clarification there also on um, DeAndre Ayton. Let's look at some waiver wire trends as well over the last 24 hours. Who have been the most added players and most dropped players? Number one on that list was Dante DiVincenzo. He is up 23%. We'll talk more about him in the next game later. Aaron Neesmith up 12. Kelly Olenek up 10. Well, you just never know what you're going to get with him. Gary Trent up 7, which was a curious decision given that Trent had started the last couple of games, but we knew that they were getting Barrett quickly back. So I'm not sure I would have... I know, I, I do know. I definitely wouldn't wouldn't have rushed to add Trent. He was very much trending towards being a drop. And yeah, we'll talk about that later. So that was a weird one. People obviously reacted really strongly to the big Nazareth Reed game, the Wizard of Noz. He was big last time out and then went back to nothing today. So I'm imagining he might get dropped. And people are adding Draymond Green. I don't know when Draymond's coming back. There is some possibility it's the end of this week, but... Also, the comment from Steve Kerr today about their starting lineup, where he said that he is going to start the same starting lineup for a while, which does not include Draymond Green, was very interesting. 
So does that mean that Draymond will come off the bench? Does that mean that Draymond's suspension isn't ending anytime soon? I don't know. But interesting that everyone... I, I agree with adding Draymond, don't get me wrong. I think it's okay to add him now. We just don't know, though. Just interesting to say that there was a spike in Draymond's roster percentage. In terms of the most dropped players, Rui Hachimura, down with a calf injury, down with also being not good. He's 22% dropped. Paul Reed has dropped in 15% with Joel Embiid returning. Old Bubbles himself, Julian Champagne, down 13%. I get it, but they do play the Tuesday-Thursday combo, and not many teams do, so not sure. I probably would have, but yeah, he didn't have to. Uh, I definitely wouldn't have dropped Jeremy Sohan. I know he wasn't very good last game, but you've got to pay more attention to what's going on with the schedule. While he might not be very good, there are two teams that play Tuesday-Thursday. The Spurs and the Warriors. So unless you're dropping him for a Trace Jackson Davis, and I don't imagine that's happening in 11% of leagues, then I don't know that that's all that smart. Same as dropping Eric Gordon. Yes, Eric Gordon scored zero points on Sunday. You know what? That doesn't mean that he was going to score zero points on Monday. And if you drop someone in the middle of a back-to-back, you don't actually gain any extra, you don't gain any extra um, games played. So what's the point of it? Yes, some of these people, and you will, you might be in this situation, you'll drop in the comments. I actually dropped him because I needed to activate Kawhi off IL. That's totally good. Like We understand that. I just don't think that's the case in 10% of all fantasy leagues. I don't think that's the case. Whatever, well, better drop Eric Gordon because I've got someone really important coming off injured reserve today. It just feels like he played poorly, so we've got to drop him. When you've just got to pay more attention to how the schedule works. Dayron Sharp down 10%. Yeah, he didn't have a very good game either. But again, all of his games leading up to that had been really solid. The Nets play again tomorrow. Maybe we use Sharp there. Maybe we don't. But there are, again, maybe he was just a Sunday stream guy. I get that. But there are some, maybe some slight overreactions, I would say, there in some of those um, uh, dropped players lists. Let's actually get in now and talk about the games played. Uh, on Monday. The first one was the early one. Uh, We had the Minnesota Timberwolves taking on the New York Knickerbockers in that first game with OG Ananobi there. And there he is. He... um We'll talk, actually, we'll talk about the Knicks in a second. The Knicks win at 112-106 for the um, Wolves. Edwards played 38 minutes, 35-4-2, two blocks, 9 of 10 from the line we love. While Towns had 29-6, and six, a little bit of foul trouble for Townsy with three threes, but overall a strong game. They also popped Jordan McLaughlin back into the rotation uh, ahead of Shake Milton, which is interesting. Don't really need to do much with that. While Conley had five with five assists, Gobert played 38 minutes and had 10-15, and 15, and another stinker from Jaden McDaniels. Get that garbage out of here! Eight points. One steal, one block, 25%. We have got ample bucket loads of evidence that Jaden McDaniels is not really a guy that can accumulate stats that mean anything for us in standard fantasy leagues. So you do not need to roster him. Kyle Anderson, 17 minutes. And as I said, the Wizard of Noz, Nas Reed played 19 minutes for five points. He had been trending down, down, down. Last game, he was really good. And now back to being down. You don't have to roster Kyle Anderson. In fact, I would actively suggest you drop Kyle Anderson. And I just don't think you need to be holding on to Reed. There's, they're sort of moving away from going with him entirely in all of those minutes behind Towns and Gobert. Like 19 minutes is just not enough. It probably needs to be 24 for me to consider him a 12-team league player. For the Knicks, like I said, first game of OG Ananobi. He played 35 minutes before fouling out. And my general idea behind Ananobi joining the Knicks was, I think it's going to be relatively the same. He might, because there were times he looked a little bit disinterested in Toronto. And maybe that improves. And he had 17 and 6 with three threes. He had a steal. He fouled out in 35 minutes. So he probably would have played 38. He's just sort of the same guy. We still hope for a consistent improvement in percentages. We still hope for a consistent improvement in steals. And that might come. But I'm not sure that there's this big bump or big drop because he joined the Knicks. I hope that something jumps. But 
Game one would suggest maybe not. Bronson, 41 minutes, probably too many. 16, 4, and 14 with two steals on 22% shooting, while Randall had 39 and 9 with no other stats and horrible from the line, but some good counters from some of those guys. But let's talk about, again, a couple of things. Isaiah Hartenstein played 39 minutes, only seven points, but nine boards, three assists, three steals, three blocks. Very clearly a must-roster player. And I noticed that a lot of people ran to pick up the big sneeze, Precious Achua. Get that garbage out of here! If you are someone who aligns with my view of basketball and watches basketball the same way as me or takes my opinion on things seriously, I told you that Precious is terrible. I told you that Tom Thibodeau would hate him. And game one... I'm correct. We will see where that leads from here. But there is absolutely, in my opinion, zero justification to have Precious Achua rostered in a 12-team league. None. Probably not even 14. He, just to me, is bad. And Tom is not going to be pumping minutes into him ahead of Hartenstein. And I do think, and again, we all have different opinions and ways that we view the game, but there are generally people out there who think that they are both the same level of player, Achua and Hartenstein, or plenty of people who think that Achua is better. And I just can't view it that way. And I guess me and Tom have got more alike than we than we thought. Going bald and a great view on Precious Achua. Zero points for Precious in nine minutes. You can very, very comfortably, I believe, jack him in 10, 12, and probably 14 team leagues. Last game, we saw Dante DiVincenzo with a huge role, but that was before Ananobi and Achua arrived. It was a little bit muted here, 26 minutes for him. Um, 15 points, two threes, steal a block. You still want to roster him, but... It's not going to be huge, huge, huge stuff. Same as Josh the Hitman Hart, who had 8 and 11 in 29 minutes. And Grimes went from 12 minutes to 18 minutes and had 10 points. So we're still looking at DiVincenzo and Hart in 12s. Um, but that might not stick. If they're going to play 26 and 28 minutes, that's not enough most likely. Yes, losing the 23 minutes from uh, quickly is important. But you know, we might see three of those go to Hart and four of them go to DiVincenzo and seven of them go to Grimes. And then seven of them went to McBride here as well. So we'll see how that all develops. But at the moment, Dante and Hart, we're holding. Hart and Sean, obviously, we're rostering. And just in case you weren't clear, we are not rostering Precious Achua. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. It's also the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and the most exciting way to play DFS as well. It's not you up against thousands of people with lineups and spreadsheets and all that sort of stuff. It's not you up against the pros who are there all day just trying to take your money. Up on PrizePix is everyone can win because they just chuck out a player projection and you go more or less. That's all you need to do. Points or rebounds or steals. You look at the player, look at the number, and you choose more or less. Between two to six of those goes into a lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry fee back. Multiple sports, easy to do. Also, their reboot policy. If someone gets hurt in the first half of football and basketball and doesn't return in the second half, well, that player just gets rebooted. It's the only daily fantasy sports platform that has that injury insurance policy. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PricePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, we should go into the second game of the day. And this was the other team. It was so good of the, the schedule makers to put things in the schedule this way. Um, we got the Raptors hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers and some very interesting things here as well. But we're going to start with Cleveland. Toronto wins at 124-121. Don Mitchell, 38 minutes, 26-7-7 and with four steals. Rough shooting, but good overall otherwise. And Levert, only 29 minutes. I feel like his knee is really limiting him, but 31-4-4. Karis Levert remains a must-roster points league player. 
He's a top 100 guy on the season. That's very clear. Must roster 12-teamer, 10-teamer even. In category leagues, I do think you want him, but it is a little bit more iffy. Also, we talked about this on the waiver wire show that a lot of people were adding Craig Porter. As much as I love Craig, you don't need to be having him at all. Get that garbage out of here. Six minutes for zero points, while Max Struess is really slumping. Outside the top 150 over the last two weeks, outside the top 110 for the season, he had six points with six rebounds, a steal and a block and 29%. And of late, it's been Miami Max Struess, which has not been a 12-team league player. Now, the reason I'll hold is he's getting a ton of minutes and there's no Garland or Mobley. But I do feel that when those players return, we might not be holding on to Struess for the season to, or for the playoffs in fantasy. We might, we might not. It's not looking good. I think you can look at Isaac Okoro in 14-teamers, 16 points for him with two steals in the block. He's actually playing just so much better at the moment. And him and Struess, actually, over the last two weeks, have been roughly equivalent in their overall production. While Jarrett Allen had 16 and 11 in his 34 minutes. For the Raptors, they immediately went with the lineup that I thought they would go to, maybe not straight up, but eventually. Quickly started alongside Scott Barnes, alongside RJ Barrett, Pascal Siakam, and Yaka Pertl. Let's address the Yaka Pertl thing. There were people who suggested pressure to being traded would lead to more Yucca Pertle minutes, and I said, I'm not sure that's the case. And my reason was very clear. In the two games prior to the trade, Prestichua had played seven non-garbage time minutes total across two games, and Yucca Pertle had played 21 and 22 minutes in those games. So when Achua did not play, Pertle's minutes did not change. They were actually lower. They didn't move at all. And I thought, okay. That, so moving Achua out of there, when Darko had him sitting on the bench and didn't use him, would make me think, okay, well, they're not going to increase Pirtle's minutes. But Yucca played 37 here. I'm all for Yucca Pirtle playing those minutes. I like Yucca Pirtle as a player. I never understood the low minutes the tied to the contract in the trade. It never made any sense to me, especially when the other guy was versus Achua or Chris Boucher. What's the point? But now that's big minutes two in a row. I try to use as much logic as I can on this show and uh, assess the rotations and the trajectories and the trends of coaches with excruciating minutiae. And sometimes logic just goes straight out the window, which is exactly what happened here. And it appears that I was wrong. I will just put one thing out there quickly. They changed their bench rotation. Like Boucher and Thad Young were the backup centers. They played 13 minutes only, and Jalen McDaniels was taken out completely. I thought that with the, that extra player uh, arriving here in, in Barrett and quickly with two-for-one deal, really, because the true was out of the rotation, that I thought um, they'd go smaller a little bit more, and that would limit Pirtle. But no, they, they did not. Siakam played 40 minutes. That's three in a row, 40-minute games for Pascal. 36 and five with five triples, while Barnsley had 20 and six, a triple one. Bad from the field, bad from the line. That's... That's not great for Barnes. I was marginally worried that he would lose a little bit of usage here. We will see how that goes. But so far, what was his usage in this game? Um, 23% while Siakam's at 24. So about the same. Let's talk about the two new arrivals. RJ Barrett started, played 29 minutes and had 9, 10, and 9. And there is a very common thing that is out there, and I, I do get this. He's back in Canada now. He'll feel more comfortable. Uh, maybe he can figure it out. He's still young, blah, blah, blah. I just don't buy it. I need to see it for an extended period of time. And even this game, people were looking and go, well, look, he had 19-9 just first game back. Yeah, that's true. He hit 1-3, had one assist, had zero steals, zero blocks. Was still 75% from the line, which is below average. He did shoot well, 50%, but I just don't buy it. He has been the same player basically every single season, including in college. A low steals, blocks, rebounds, assists, threes volume player with iffy percentages. And that is not a good category league player. For points leagues, it is more useful. The thing that I actually look at in this game and go, oh, only 29 minutes. That's not good. 
I thought he might play 33. So I actually look at this and go, that's actually probably bad that he only played 29. But others, again, will look at it more positive. Oh, look at that, 19 points, really great start. So different views. As for Emmanuel quickly, you might say it's a little bit underwhelming, and I, I get that. But he started first game out, played 28 minutes, had 14 and 6, two threes and two steals. Shot only 39%, wasn't great from the line. But let me just assure you of one thing. I fully believe that Emmanuel quickly is a must-roster player without any hesitation whatsoever. And I'll tell you why. He started this game and he had picked up his fourth foul basically at the beginning of the second quarter. So, of course, his coach fouled him out of the game because quickly didn't play for the rest of that first half. He started the second half, played four minutes, got subbed out. He ended with 28 minutes, came back in towards, came back into the end, the start of the fourth quarter, played the entire fourth quarter, I believe, but finished with four fouls. So his coach fouled him out. He would have been on track to play 35, 36 minutes, I think. There's no way he would have played only four minutes in the third quarter and about two minutes in the second quarter. That just wouldn't have been the rotation pattern. So this 14, 6, and 3, you'll go 28 minutes. Yeah, it's a timeshare with Schroeder and Trent if you only just looked at the box score. But I'm here to tell you that is not how this went. Schroeder played 30 minutes, had 12, 3, and 8. Look, that's okay. But again, if Quickly's going to play seven more minutes, they can't really come from the centers. They've probably got to come from Schroeder and Trent. I'm okay with holding Dennis, but I'd be very quick to jack Gary Trent. Get that garbage out of here. Nine points in 26 minutes, 30% shooting. He needs big usage. He needs a big role, and he doesn't have it. So see you later. But a very interesting beginning to the career for RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly up there in Toronto. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL season is rapid, well, the regular season is wrapping up, so there's still time to get on the action, though, with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 money line bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. It doesn't have to be a money line bet. You don't have to win it. You just got to place it. And then you get $150 back in those bonus bets. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet money lines, spreads totals, and you wouldn't read about it, parlays. Yeah, they've got a live same-game parlay situation going on. They've got a parlay hub where, actually, the name describes it perfectly because it's the parlay hub. You can go actually in there and make parlays, and you can also find the best way to find popular parlays right in the parlay hub. So parlay your way onto Fangio. Use the um, $150 in bonus bets and use our code, fangio.com slash locked on. You can get in there, make your first bet a layup, Fangio's also an official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go into the uh, the next one after those first two games, which are probably the two more interesting games of the day. But this one, the Indiana Pacers on the road, get a big win over the Bucks, 122-113. Starting lineup remained the same for the Pacers with Buddy Heald coming off the bench, and he, um, oh, he stinks at the moment. 21 minutes, zero points. 0 of 6 from the field, only three rebounds. That's all he had. He started off the season on the bench being shitful, started, was good, went to the bench, played 30 minutes, was okay, now it was back to being bad again. Now, I guess with Andrew Nembhard getting hurt in this one and not returning to the game, even though, um, yeah, I don't know whether they're going to go with Heald or, or what they're going to do in terms of that lineup situation, it's really hard for me to get super excited about Buddy Heald as a must-roster guy. I think you do hold him, but in a points league, I definitely would not bother in a 12-10 points, would not bother. What we did see, though, is Nempart out. That TJ McConnell is absolutely back on the menu as a 14-team league option, at least. 16-4-9 in 22 minutes. He actually shared the court a lot with Halliburton. 
37 minutes for Halliburton, 26-9 and 11 with a triple one, while Miles Turner had 13 and four with two blocks. We also got a huge performance from Isaiah Jackson, played all of the backup center minutes, 18 and nine in those 20 minutes. He's at least a 14-team league option, while Sticks, yeah, maybe he just, I thought he was improved this season as a backup center. I think he might just suck again. Oh, Jesus, this guy, every time this guy, seven points on 30% shooting, two rebounds, if you want to drop, go ahead. Although I can see him going 12 and 10 in 25 minutes with two blocks next game. That could possibly happen. But he stinks and just understand that, yeah, like he stinks. Ben Matherin, 25 and 13 in 36 minutes. This is the game that he is going to appear on the waiver wire trends tomorrow. Everyone's going to rush to add him because he scored 25 points and he, people like his game for whatever reason. And then he'll go back and have seven points in 22 minutes. It does help that Nempard was out here and Bruce Brown was out. So maybe we look at him. But I think at this point, we've got a fair idea of what uh, Matherin is. He can score sometimes, and that's it. Doesn't really do it efficiently. Doesn't do anything else. The 13 rebounds here are, as Sheev Palpatine would say, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. I would only consider him a stream guy, absolutely not a must-grab 12-team league player. Topham played 29 minutes with sticks stinking, while Aaron Neesmith, we hate the 10% shooting, obviously, but he had three steals and two blocks. I don't really still know what to make of him. Is he a 12-team must-roster? He doesn't feel must-roster. But he's 66th over the last two weeks. But the role, like it's 32 minutes, it's 27 minutes, it's elite shooting, it's piss poor shooting. At the moment, he's just delivering in the defensive stats. But how do I trust that from a six foot five power forward? He's playing small forward at the moment, to be fair. I think you do want to roster him, but man, I've got just absolutely no confidence in this whatsoever. And then maybe Bruce Brown returns next game. So who knows what goes on? For the Bucks, Yanni had a nice triple double, 30 and 18 with 11 assists and two blocks. Um, Lopez back, the scoring came back, 21 points with four blocks, and Middleton had 21, three, and six. Real stinker from Lillard, though, 13 points on 19%. Who do you think he is? Um, Aaron e. Smith. People are very quick to complain about Lillard's season. He's the 15th ranked player this season. You probably picked him at 10 or 11. That is just absolutely bang on. I know it's been a little rough patch here, but people are complaining about him left, right, and center. Go and try a buy low on it. Leaky Beasley played 37 minutes. He had some early foul trouble, with, but they played him through most of it. 12 points with four threes. That's who he is now. He's a points and three streamer. And Bob Portis, the uh, the fall off has been spectacular. He did have some fouls as well. 18 minutes, eight and five. The last two games have stunk. And that's what we saw for majority of the season before he went on this like week and a half, two week stretch of playing 27 minutes a night and being a top 80 guy. We knew there was, or we expected, that's why I put him on the uh, sell high show. We expected there to be some sort of a fall off. And yeah, the fall off has fallen off. And that's what we've got with Punch Bob at this point. Don't really know that he's must roster. I guess you can hold, but I'm not going to suggest that you should. The Detroit Pistons, fresh off, starting their new winning streak, got smacked by the Rockets by 23 points. Alec Burks is turning into a nice stream option for points and threes. 21 with three threes, a steal and a block. Don't do anything more than stream him in, but there you go. And I do think that we probably want to roster Jaden Ivey. I've said that for a little bit of time. 19, 6, and 3 with three threes. But this game was over so early, so the minutes are all over the place. If I'm going to celebrate Cade Cunningham having a, Cunningham having a good game, I've got to tell you that he was shitful. Another 19% shooting night. I say another because that's what, exactly what Lillard shot as well. Six points is, is terrible. He did have 10 assists, so that helps somewhat, but no defensive stats, one rebound. Didn't hit a three and missed his only free throw. An absolute stinker of a game. Even including this, he's the 14th ranked player over the last two weeks. Boyan only played 27 minutes. Um, Asar Thompson got 24, but the blowout was a real factor here. Do not need to roster um, Asar Thompson in 12s. Get that garbage out of here! 
Yeah. Well, Duran just played the 22 minutes with 5,000. He had 12 and 13. And uh, Kevin Knox started, had 11 points. Knox is at least a deeper league option for us, but that's about it. And you obviously don't need to roster Killian Hayes, who had eight points in 19 minutes for the Rockets. Shengun just destroyed this team. 26, 4, and 9 with three steals, elite percentages, a fantastic game. Well, Jalen Green is back on track somewhat. 22 in 27 minutes with five threes, but you're heavily relying upon efficient scoring for him to be useful for fantasy. And that's just really not a bet I want to take. You can roster him, absolutely. I dropped him, haven't regretted it for a single second, but he could be better. That, that's true. Um, the number one thing people are going to look at in this game is, Josh, you've missed it because Amen Thompson led the team in minutes. He had 12, 4, and 6 with two steals. He did. That is 100% true. I would not be adding Amen Thompson. As much as I love Amen Thompson, I think he's going to be better than Asar Thompson. I think he's going to be a future top 25 player in fantasy. The fact that he led this game in minutes is because this game was a blowout. And I don't think there's really anything else to it. He was very good here. And I do hope that he's taking all of Aaron Holiday's minutes and playing 20 a night. But that is just not the situation I want to be in to roster in a 12-team league. And I don't really see a very clear pathway to 25-plus minutes opening up at any point in the future. So don't get overly... It's great, but don't... Fred Van Vliet plays 40 minutes a night. He played 14 minutes fewer than he usually does. Just think about that part of it. Van Vliet had 15, 1, and 7, while Eason played 24 minutes. He's on a bit of a minutes limit because of his leg fracture. Um, 17 and 4 with three steals is totally enough, but we're not going to get the big, 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 big minutes from him. Jabari Smith returned 9.6 rebounds, while the wild thing, dropping in 16 points, Jay Sean Tate, in 26 minutes. We don't need to get excited about that. That is deep league stuff only. Get ready for a couple of blowouts now. Um, the Charlotte Hornets, while being trash anyway, they are severely undermanned. The Nuggets beat them 111-93. The Hornets were without Rogier, Ball, Williams, and Haywood. That is four-fifths of their starting lineup. That's crazy. Let's talk about them, though. Miles Bridges, who'd been a little bit down, was pretty good here. 26-9-5 and five in 36 minutes. Well, Big Dick Nick, just keep going. He's just keep rolling with him. 15 and 8 with a steal and block. I tell you what I'm going to see tomorrow is that he's going to be one of the most added waiver wire players because we've got somewhat of an update on Mark Williams. We go, oh, better go and add him. Like, bro, we are four weeks into this. <laughs> I'm sure this is going to happen. They started Bryce McGowan's and Ishmael Smith. Ish had 10, 3, and 4 in 29 minutes. It does appear that Rozier is going to be out tomorrow as well. And Ball and Williams and Haywood. So it's going to be a lot of the same stuff. So Ish with 10, 3, and 4 is marginally interesting. Bryce McGowan's with 10, 2, and 3 is marginally interesting, but the marginally interesting move would have been to add them before today so you could get a back-to-back in. So I don't. there's going to be other better stream options tomorrow. Brandon Miller, 15 and 5, 32 minutes. Like he's been okay. I'd say he was the best way of phrasing Brandon Miller's season. Okay. But the fact that even... He, I feel like his stats look exactly the same when players are in or players are out. And the problem is, is that when players return, he might lose five minutes a night. Like for the season, he's 167th. Over the last two weeks, he's 173rd. Like, jack shit has changed. Nothing. It's the same stuff, irrespective of who's there, who's not. So he's just consistently mid at this point. And if I'm in a 10-teamer, I don't think that that's necessary to hold on. PJ Washington was shitful. 6-6 six and six in 26 minutes. I probably would hold him while Cody Martin starts off with a bad line, two points. But six assists, two steals, and two blocks. Missed all six of his shots. If he plays tomorrow, there's maybe some use there. And of course, there's a million guys out but you don't need to worry too much there. Well, Nick Smith had five points in 19. For the Nuggets, Jokic barely took a shot in the first half. He ended up with 13, 11, and 6 in 28. The headmaster, Jamal Murray, had 25, 3, and 7 with two steals. And Aaron Gordon returned um, from his uh, canine-inflicted injury. He had 10 points in 25, and Caldwell Pope, five points with four assists. I will maintain, you do not need to roster Contavious Caldwell Pope. 
and in points leagues, you 100% just don't roster him. 12 teams. Peyton Watson moved to the bench. He had a steal and a block in 19. Just a little defensive stream guy now. Not a must-roster player. While well, Christian Brown had nine with two blocks in 24 minutes, and Michael Ponder had 22 and eight with four threes. Just, just mitting along. He's been like, okay, nothing exciting. No real breakout potential, but he's been okay. But this was, again, just a real ass-kicking. Zeke Naji got minutes over DeAndre Jordan. Maybe they thought, oh, we're playing the Hornets. Let's just see if we can get Zeke some uh, confidence. He had two points in 21 minutes. I'm not sure that that really uh, worked. The next game also was a blowout. The Suns against an undermanned Portland team. Portland was without DeAndre Ayton, Anthony Simons, Dwight Reith, and starter Tamani Kamara. They did get Shaden Sharp back, but they brought him off the bench on a minutes restriction. And to say that that was shitful was an understatement. Six points in 18 minutes. I know he'd been really struggling before the injury. What's the point of this? What's an 18-minute restriction? What's, what's that? Maybe he's just not healthy. He is very clearly veering into, we do not need to roster this guy. We're not there, but we're very clearly uh, there. And I will break this news to you now, but well, I can't say it that way, but I think Scoot sort of figured it out. Sort of. 34 minutes, 17 points, six assists, one steal, two blocks. He just has to be rostered everywhere. Now, they could screw this up when Simons comes back and keep Scoot as the fourth guard behind Malcolm Brogdon for God knows what reason. But we got 34 out of Scoot tonight and 21 out of Brogdon. Yes, it was a blowout, but they kept Scoot in there. It's interesting what they're doing. As for Brogdon, 10 points, two rebounds, five assists. I'm going to be very quick on the trigger to drop Brogdon. Very quick. If I see him play 24 minutes in one game, he's out of there. He just is not a player who's going to maintain value long-term. People think that I'm saying this because I hate Malcolm Brogdon. You just couldn't be further from the truth. My point of it is, is that there's no reason for them to develop him or play him big minutes. He is almost definitely not going to be on this team long-term. And when they're healthy, he just will not return enough value for you to hold on. So when I say sell him for anything you can get in the top 100, do it because there is going to be a reckoning that comes for Malcolm Brogdon. You go, oh, well, I guess he's shit now. And that is just going to happen. I feel very confident about that. So that's when I don't hate him. It's just that I look at organizational priorities and he's not on it. That list doesn't say give Malcolm Brogdon 30 minutes a night. Doesn't exist. Jeremy Grant, 15 points, triple one. Rebounding legend had one rebound. Well, Matisse Thibault did his thing. Two steals, two blocks. You know what it is with Thibault. You stream him for steals, you get some blocks and you're okay. Jabari Walker, who had been playing really well, didn't do anything here. 10 and 10 in 25 minutes. But remember, we are going to have a situation where Aiton is probably missing more games this week. So Walker and Moses Brown are probably the guys you look at. But why on earth did we go back to Moses Brown? Just start Ibu Baji, who played 23 minutes. He had four and five Baji. He had a block. That's a deeper league stuff situation, very obviously. But Baji was there. Um, we can look at Jabari Walker as that deeper league player. Chris Murray had six points in 19 minutes, but they're always going to get cooked here. The Suns were without Kevin Durant, and Frank Vogel said something to begin with, and because he was listed out with hamstring tightness, soreness, and Vogel said something that makes me think, yeah, maybe not. He said, oh yeah, he actually tweaked it at the um uh, at the end of the game on Sunday, and we're just managing his strain, and we'll see what happens in 48 hours. Yeah, that's 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 not good. I have no idea whether Vogel is embellishing, lying, misspeaking, whatever. But if you tweak it in a game, you miss the next day, and it's a hamstring strain, and you're old, it's two weeks. I'm not going to rule Kevin Durant out now because there is a very real possibility that Vogel misspoke, but I am almost certainly suggesting Durant is going to miss more time. So be aware of that. Grayson Allen, 12-2-4, two, two steals and a block, continues to be a 12-teamer. 
Yusuf Nurkic, 18-7-5. And they started Shemezi Metu. So if Durant is going to miss, which I do think is possible, Metu, who was the backup center, is starting power forward. 14-5. I don't mind a 14-team stream of him. Booker was really, really quite poor. 10 points in 31 minutes. He might be actually venturing into a buy low here. 94th over the last two weeks. In fact, that's a, we've got a buy low show coming tomorrow. I reckon you might see his name there. Six assists on 25%. Eric Gordon only shot 40%, 12-3. Not great, but the point was to hold him for the back-to-back. If you want to move on, move on now. And Beal, I'm really impressed with Beal. Back-to-back, two big games. 21-4-1, triple one. Could it be one of the worst disastrous picks that you made to begin the season? Turns out to be an absolute W down the end. We hope, we hope, we actually got bold bowl minutes, 11 and 9 in 20 minutes. I don't think we need to do anything with that, but he played over Yuta Watanabe. We watched that one. We watched that, watched that one. It does help that um, Durant was out, obviously, but they, Nasir Littleface was available. They just didn't play him, which was intriguing, but bowl got minutes. So just, just keep an eye on the first Victor Wembanyama. I uh, didn't really think the Jazz were going to lay a 40-pointer on the Mavs, and they did. 127 Utah, 90 Dallas, and Dallas was with Kyrie and Luka back. Luka played 34 minutes at 19, 6, and 14. I'll tell you this right now. Luka is not right. He does not look healthy at all. He was had this quad injury since the World Cup. He's been carrying a gigantic load giggity. He shot 30% from the field, 67 from the line, and just was not right. And I am very worried about what happens here. One of the reasons why I was not at all interested, even slightly, in drafting Luka Doncic in the top four of drafts was they have a two-game week in the week that I suggest to be your fantasy finals or if you're using Yahoo defaults the first week of the playoffs. And to me, that's just a no-go. I'm not taking a guy top four who's going to play two games when there are other players who are very, very similar in Shea, Embiid, Halliburton. Right? Wouldn't do it with him. And he points leagues Giannis in that mix too. No, but the other thing was like, he was entering the season like limping around through every World Cup game. I go, okay, that's not great. Is this going to catch up to him? And I hope the answer is no. But I fear, I fear it might be yes. I hope not. Irving played 32 minutes, 14, 9, and 4. He just wasn't really having it. And then second half, Dante Exum started the first half. He had a heel contusion too, somehow. Didn't play the second half due to the injury, and Jaden Hardy just cooked. Texas Cam Thomas had 17 points in 21 minutes with five threes and nothing else. If we hear that Luca has to sit or that Exum's out, maybe you could stream him, but I wouldn't be too excited about it. Derek Jones didn't do much, 6-3 and three with a steal and a block. I would still hold Exum and Jones for now. This game is just completely anomalous. There's so much weird shit going on um, that I'm not going to make a judgment on it, but it wasn't great. Lively had 10-6, and six, steal and a block, absolute must roster player. Well, Timmy Hardaway, if you want to jack Tim Hardaway. Get that garbage out of here! Six points in 23 minutes. I would do it, but I'd like, like to hold to see what update we get on Exum and Doncic. Because we know what Hardaway is. He's a points and threes guy who can be extremely streaky. For the Jazz, they went with the same lineup two games in a row, which is pretty amazing. Someone tweeted at me, hey, you've got to go pick up Simona Fantecchio now before it's too late. And my response was, like that Bugs, money, Bugs Bunny meme. I'm like, no, I don't. But this is a good game from Fantecchio. 29 minutes, 24, 6 and 2. Two steals, a block, three threes. Shot 63%. That brings him to 211th on the season and 188th over the last uh, two weeks. So I don't care in 10s or 12s. For streaming, for threes, absolutely no worries. This is the outlier game. Remember, if you add him after this, you do not get access to this game. It does not add to your stats. I'm not interested in adding him. I am interested in knowing what the hell do I do with Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson because just when I thought, yeah, Clarkson came back, all right, we can feel okay about moving on from Sexton. And then Sexton started out playing. All right. 
Guess we can move on from Clarkson. And now it's like, all right, what do we do with Sexton? 19 minutes. 8, 3, and 6. While Clarkson cooked for a triple-double. 20 and 10 with 11 assists. And I think what I can say for most of this team is, I just don't know. I just don't know on a game-by-game basis what the hell is going to happen. You can have Clarkson, sure. You can have Sexton, sure. You can drop him, sure. It's going to be all over the shop with consistent ups and downs, I think. 27 for Walker Kessler. I don't actually care that much he's coming off the bench. It is weird. It is confusing. But 11 and 10 with four blocks is fine. While Markinen had 17 and played only 25 minutes. But what is interesting to me is that Keontae George played 29 minutes. Taylor Horton Tucker didn't get a single one of them. And Chris Dunn played 21. So again, I don't care if Keontae George comes off the bench necessarily. I would prefer that he starts. But 30 minutes is fine. 14, 3, and 3 with two threes. Now, I think I would prioritize adding Scoot over Keontae, but I would definitely prioritize a Keontae. If we're going to talk rookies, I would prioritize Keontae over the Thompsons, Asara and Amen. He's worth a luxury stash. He's going to have some issues, but I like where the minutes are going. Alinek had seven, five, and six three steals, which is still a good line, but how do I trust a man who's up and down like a yo-yo and plays 19 minutes, yet still produces good numbers? The answer is I don't. But what I do know is that I am jacking John Collins. Get that garbage out of here. 15 and 5 in 18 minutes. He's just not doing enough. You don't need that in your business. Get him out of here. Easy. All right, let's do the last game of the night. And it was a day of blowouts, so why wouldn't we end with our fifth consecutive blowout? The Clippers beat the Heat one... Oh, beat the Heat. I wish... Uh, I, I could say that I was beating the Heat here. It's the middle of summer in Australia, 2nd of January, and it is absolutely pissing down. I don't know if you can hear the rain in the background. It is teeming. Hope my uh, balcony is still there. Anyway, the Miami Heat 104, the Clippers 121. Kevin Love, 23 minutes, 17, 4 and 3 with two blocks. Another good game. But they were without Jimmy Butler, Josh Richardson, Caleb Martin, Hayward Highsmith, four rotation players. What does it mean? I don't know. And same with the hottest 100 himself, Jaime Huckers. 38 minutes, 15 and 4 with four steals. A very, very solid game. The four steals is awesome. I still think that it's a sell high. But when is this team ever going to be healthy? That's the problem. And if you believe in Jaime Huckers, I've got him in one league and I'm rolling him out. But I still don't think that this is real as we move forward. Hero struggled 12 points, but he did have four threes, six assists, and two steals, while Adebayo had some rotten percentages. 35 from the field and 69 from the line. That stinks. <laughs> oh, God, what's wrong with me? Anyway, 21, 15, and four in 36 minutes for Adebayo. They started a man by the name of Jamal Kane. Um, he played 35 minutes, had nine and three with a triple one. It's him, it's Jovic, it's RJ Hanson. This is the trash that they are cycling through. They're back of their roster. I can't believe they won as many games as they have. Obviously, Spolter is the GOAT coach. GOAT is the wrong term. I hate when GOAT gets overused. Although, you know, why not? He's the best coach in the NBA at the moment, but their roster stinks. I don't think we need to hold on to Kyle Lowry. Uh, the double-cheeked up legend had eight points in 24 minutes with three assists. That stinks. If you wanted someone else in there, do someone else. And the the Spur himself, Dunkey Robinson, another strong game. Now, I'm annoyed that they don't push him to 33 minutes because he was killing it as a starter, but maybe they just don't want him and Hero together on the court much, which is understandable. 15 points, three threes for Robinson. He is worth a 12-team league roster spot for now. For the Clippers, the big fella Kawhi returned. He had 24, 6, and 5, four steals, a block, two threes. Guess he never left. That's unbelievably good. Jimmy Harden had 15, 4, and 10 with two blocks, and Paul George, 23, 3, and 2. Just more of the same from the big three there. And this is what we wanted to see. Would they go back to reducing Russell Westbrook's minutes when Kawhi Leonard was out? And yes. 18 minutes for uh, Russ. He had eight, four, and three. Two steals. And you can... Get that garbage out of here. Stormman Norman Powell got hot in this one. 22 points, two steals. That's great. 
He shot 82%. We know what this is for Powell. You can take cracks at whenever you want. He can sometimes give you points and sometimes he gives you nothing. In fact, shout out to Gennaro Gattuso. That's what he does. We don't add him. We stream him. We try it. We move on, blah, blah, blah. You just don't have to hold on to Norman Powell. There are a million guys that can pop off like this whenever game. Mason Plumley was available to play. Well, he was cleared to play. They didn't use him. They used Tice instead. I do expect that Plumley gets that role back at some point, but we don't need to care too much. Zubat's had 6 and 12 in his 29 minutes. And that is the end of the games. We will um, just bring it back in to have a look at where we're actually at now When in terms of uh, a recap of the streams of the day. Not bad results. The 10-team stream was Derek Lively. 10 and 6, a steal and a block. I think that's pretty okay. Your 12-team stream of the day was Big Dick Nick Richards, 15 and 8, 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 block. Just the low roster number on him is insane. Um, if it jumps up 15% tomorrow when I look at waiver wide trends, I'm going to lose my mind. He's obviously a must-roster player. Derek Jones, 14-team roster guy, or 14-team stream option. He, yeah, it was bad for the Mavs. 6 and 3 with a steal and a block. Not particularly strong there. The... 16 team worked all right. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. He had 16 points with three rebounds and a steal. And then your points leagues was Nick Richards. Yahoo, he had 32.1. And ESPN, he had 34, which are very, very strong um, overall results there. Let's now go to look at the monstrous line of the night. This one, I guess there's a couple of contenders we could have gone with here. But in the end, we did settle on the big bloke over in Milwaukee, Yanni. Under the Kumpo, 30 points, 18 rebounds, and 11 assists. It is somewhat controversial, but the young gun of the night is the same player as the waiver wire line of the night. And the reason I say it's controversial is that the... Um, oh, that's, it's not supposed to be young. That's what I'm doing. Is that the player is not all that young, but he is a second-year player. So Simone Fontecchio gets it. He's the waiver wire and the young gun. 24 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 steals. Shot well. Has been in a solid role for a while, but hasn't really sniffed the edges of stuff. Sure, 16-teamers, no worries. 14-teamers have a crack, but that's really about it. And then lastly, we do head to the dud of the night, and there is no way you're debating this. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your familial background. I don't care what it is. There is no one who is coming at me to tell me that Buddy Heald was not the dud of the night. Three rebounds. That's it. He didn't do anything else. Three rebounds. A stinger of a game. I'd be inclined to consider a drop. Probably won't do it just yet, but I am very, very close. Let's um, take a look now at the top six players for the day. We're, of course, going to start with uh, category leagues, and number one was Yanni, followed by Donovan Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton, the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun, Pascal Siakam, and Anthony Edwards. The way I said Siakam there makes it sound like I don't know how to say his name, but I was also trying to imitate that BBC World News lady, and then I got that wrong, so it just made me seem like I screwed it up. His name is Pascal Siakam, and she called him Pascal Shakim. So, yeah. L to me, I guess? Yeah. Anyway, Pascal Siakam, number five. Anthony Edwards at number six. Your top six players rostered under 50%. Number one is Simone Fontecchio. Then Norman Powell and Alec Burks, who are points and three streamers. Kevin Love, like sure, but how do I trust that? I don't. Stream him in deeper leagues, I guess. Amen Thompson, love it. Love seeing his name that he is going to be an absolute fantasy staple for years, I believe. But I'm not adding him in 12s. And the last one is Kalinic. And I, I just, I'll tell you again, no idea. Absolutely. If someone asks me, what do I do? Do I add Kalinic? I'm going to throw a fick at them. F-I-I-K. And by now, you've deciphered what that means. Because I don't know what to do with these rotations. So Kali Fick Alinic, he was the sixth best player there. 
The Yahoo points top six players. Number one, of course, is Yanni Antetokounmpo, followed by Halliburton, Donnie Mitchell, Kawhi Leonard, Alperen Sengun, and <laughs> Utah Jazz legend, Jordan Clarko Clarkson. So who's on our little checklist now to wrap the show up? I think we've got to go and add Emmanuel quickly. Has my water bottles in the shot there as I've changed the display there, so I've moved here away. Emmanuel quickly. You've got to add Nick Richards. What are you doing? You've got to add him. No, no hassle here. Scoot Henderson. I think we've got to add him. I'm going to tell you that if you did drop Precious Achua, get out of here, move on. And Contavious Kawhi Pope is just not someone that needs to be held on to. There are many other ones we could have gone to, a lot of different decisions in Indiana there with a little bit of stick stuff. Maybe he moves on, healed, all that sort of stuff. McConnell is a streamer, but they're the main five ones, I think, that are worth mentioning here to finalize this show. And that, as Obi pops his head up there, is the end of today's show. Guys, be double bangers. Is your New Year's resolution? I know it is. So go and watch the YouTube, go and listen on the audio, hit subscribe, hit thumbs up, leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.